I V M. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast, brought to you by Sia Tires. This is DJ, and I'll be your host for this week. And I'm joined by Ashwin from the United States of America. Ashwin, how are you doing this fine Monday morning, man? I can't complain, man. We had some cricket this weekend. Lots happening. It's been busy. Of course, India starting off this series with a win. India B, if we want to call it that. India A, B, whatever we're going to call it. So pretty good. Looking forward to talking about it with you. Yeah, it's going to be great fun. Unfortunately, Varun can't join us this week. Uh, we're recording slightly later on this Monday. Uh, due to a scheduling um, mix-up. But D- Did you score another century yesterday? No, I didn't. I didn't get to bat actually yesterday, Oof. but I took three wickets, which was which was good. Uh, For our listeners, last week, a week ago from yesterday, DJ made, a, what is it, 135 in his Sunday league game out of a 160-run chase or something crazy? Yeah, it was good. It was, a, it was a good day. I got to bat after a while and it was a, it was a nice uh, little outing. It was good fun. Okay. But thank you. Very well played, kind. Man. Well played. <laughs> Thanks, man. I was just going to say, India B is a bit harsh, man, because I was talking to one of the guys yesterday and they were, I said, yeah, the India second string team is playing and they were like, well, I pretty much know every player in that second string team that you're calling a second string team. Whereas when England put out a second string team, you didn't actually know any of the players, right? So, I don't um, think that's true. I mean, it was captained by Stokes. Yeah, so that was the one guy you knew. And then uh, who else did we have in the team that we knew? Maybe, I don't know. There, there were very few kind of names that we we knew about in that team, right? So, uh, also, it's in India's third string team because a lot, of, like KL Rahul is here, Shardul Thakur is here. There's a lot of the, Washington Sundar is here. There's a lot of second string players that are in England, right? So, um, uh, probably a third string team, but full of, still full of really big names, which is uh, which is interesting, right? It is pretty interesting. And just for the record, I think I probably know five, knew five of the English guys. So, if you didn't, as the... Uh, the resident British or or the British resident on this podcast. I mean, David Malan, we've talked about extensively. So Zach Crawley, James Vince, Ben Stokes. So I, I think it's I think they're doing pretty okay. Yeah, and of course they won the ODI series three zero against a a first uh, Pakistan eleven. But then Pakistan almost thought that okay, so you're playing our third string your your third string team against us. We're going to play our third string game against you. But the moment the first team came back in the T20s. Pakistan of that game scored like 230 plus. It was a great game. Liam Livingstone got 100. So, lots of cricket action, man. It's been an action-packed week. So, let's start though with the Indian cricket that we had on offer, right? The Indian women have been here for a while now. They played a test match, three ODIs, three T20s. And it was such a closely fought series that you saw the series go right to the wire because they've got a point system where you pick up points for wins. So, the test series was split. So, they split the points. England won the ODI series 2-1. And then it was one all going into the 30-20. Ashwin, there was a little bit of a back and forth between Shafali Verma and Catherine Brunt, a 36-year-old versus a 17-year-old. Brunt obviously got Shafali out for her first duck in the first T20. Shafali, I think, took, what, how many? Four forwards or five forwards of Brunt in, in the second T20. And then Brunt sort of had the last laugh bowling Shefali in the third uh, T20, right? But how exciting was that for, for women's cricket, right? Let's talk about, and the catch, the hurley in the old catch, we haven't talked about any of that on the show. 
Yeah, that's true. It's been a while since we covered it. So I'd say overall a great series, right? If you step back and say, okay, lost 2-1 in the T20s, or 2-1 in the ODIs and 2-1 in the T20s, I'm not sure that scoreline quite does it justice. Like you said, it was much more exciting, engaging, high energy, uh, you know, close, if you will. And the truth is, unfortunately, this time around, as much as I hate to admit it, the better team came out on top. I think England just outplayed India a little. But the Indian players put up an unbelievable fight, right? To your point from... Harman stepping up when she needed to. Smriti stepping up when she needed to. Shafali had a couple of great knocks. On, on that dismissal, I think it's been interesting. And I know you've been pretty active on social media because do you set a different set of rules when a player you're playing against is half your, or less than half your age? Uh, is still a teenager, is not legal, can't walk into a pub in the UK, things like that. But is one of the cleanest hitters of the ball in the modern game. I mean, I think the... The dismissal, the Brent dismissal and the corresponding celebration or the send off, if you will, not a celebration, is just a sign of how how much of a stamp Shafali Varma has put on the game. Right. At age 17, if one of the stalwarts of the England cricket game is sending you off like that, I mean, I'm almost I was almost pleased. It just shows you how, how much of an impact Shafali has left. Right. Sad that India didn't come out on top, but but shows you how powerful she's been in a, in a short career so far. And there were some really nice performances. Even in the 30-20, India put up 153 for six. The Indian spinners, Snehrana bowled really well. In the second T20, she batted really well. Harman came to the party. And Sne batted uh, nicely in the second T20 as well. So it was quite competitive. But they just sort of fell short. Maybe it was match practice. Maybe it was lack of experience. But where do you think this series was won and lost, Ashwin? Was it the different cricketing structures that England give its, gives its women. Where was this won and lost? Yeah, I think there was two things, right? One, we've talked extensively about how Indian women's cricket is still younger in its journey, right? As you look at the the journeys Australian women's cricket has been on, the women's big bash, etc., English women's cricket, and has just been resourced and funded for a lot longer. So, of course, that shows up, right, when it comes to experience, when it comes to, to big game days with stadiums where crowds are starting to be allowed back in, etc. It all starts to matter, right? So... So that's one. Honestly, if I was to get a little bit tactical, I think it came down a little bit more to quick bowling than anything, right? India's strength has always been Spain. It works when they travel, when they play in India or travel the subcontinent. Even in the Caribbean, et cetera, it's done well for them. But I think the British women quick just stepped up to the plate better than the Indian women did. And honestly, as I look through, there was batting performances on both sides. There was decent spin bowling from both sides. Arguably, the English team fielded better than the Indians at some point. But a couple of great catches, like you said. Uh, So it really just, for me, came down to the quick bowling, which, again, is something that's a tangible, addressable area for the team. Yeah, and it's it's what Ramesh Pawar has picked up as saying he wants to widen the bowling pool for the 2022 World Cup. The catches, we have to talk about Harleen Diol's catch, man. It went, I was actually watching it when it happened live. Harman had actually taken an absolute screamer about... It was Shikha Pandey, who's been on this podcast before, came into ball. England were running away with the with the first innings. Shikha comes in, bowls. Harman picks up a great catch, diving forward. And then Harleen Diol, sort of. It was just an incredible feat of athleticism. It went viral. It went to the US. It went all over the place. ESPN America was picking it up. Now, how big was that one moment for women's cricket, Ashwin? Do you think that um, the the people who sort of ignored it and said there isn't enough skill or interest in women's cricket were proved quite wrong by that single moment? Yeah, I mean, it it's going to continue to take time, right? Those of us who've been following this game for a long time have come to appreciate how much the women's game has progressed from a sport that was unfunded, underfunded, and, you know, opportunities weren't made available for, for girls as much when 
when we were growing up to a sport that's now becoming a real, you know, still has a long way to go, but still becoming a real career option for, for female athletes. Every single one of these things matters, right? India making the final, yes, coming up in a crushing loss in that World Cup. The however, 60,000, 70,000 uh, supporters that were in the MCG. The uh, You're going to get the number right. What's the exact number? You, you probably remember. 86,174. Right? So each of these moments is a is a milestone, right? When you start watching Shefali hit the ball cleaner, harder than, uh, you know, we've seen any player in any Indian opener in a long time at least. And so this this catch by Harleen is one of those things, right? Because it sometimes takes a 30, 15, 20, 30 second clip to go viral, to start spreading for people to see it, for people to have the, the for, pardon my language, the holy crap moment. And that's what happened. I mean, unbelievable. She was outside. She And again, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of people. There was a lot of debate about how are you allowed to jump back in with both feet on the other side? She caught the ball in the in the zone of play and then threw it back up and dive back in from the outside. So that's legal, right? The illegal, the rule that got changed a few years ago is only for somebody who starts to catch the ball from outside the the boundary. But unbelievable catch. I mean, at the point of retaking it the second time around, she was almost like flat, right? Like 90 or parallel to the ground and just, just a great visual and great for the game. And I think we, we've we seen some great catches. We saw one from Shikhar Dhawan yesterday, right? Running backwards. But I think that actually is going to take us the uh, Safe and Reliable Pair of Hands Award this week. That's the first award we're going to give out. It's going to go to Harleen Diol. So uh, congratulations to her for winning the Seat Safe and Re- Reliable Pair of Hands Award. Now, we've covered the series. I think it, it, it was it was competitive series. As Indian fans, we can be proud of the girls who haven't played that much cricket coming out and giving us such a performance. I think it got more fans involved in the game than ever before. It helped that it wasn't competing with men's cricket directly for eyeballs at that stage. So, um, I think a lot of good things to be said about the England tour. And hopefully, Indian cricket and women's cricket can build on that as we go forward. Some of those players, I think Shefali, Smriti, Harman Preet are staying behind for the 100. So I'm looking forward to watching those guys play in that, which will be pretty exciting. But Ashwin, there's been more Indian cricket during this week. But we're first going to go to the test side, right? Because the test side is in England. A few interesting developments. Well, I say interesting, but we sort of come almost weirdly to look at like COVID as thing a thing that's just going to happen at some stage it's really scary in some ways but indian cricketers haven't or they've escaped the worst of it in some ways akshar patel i know uh, was positive and there were some ipl cricketers but rishabh pant who's been the darling of the show for so long tested positive for covid um, earlier in the, earlier last week he went into isolation. There was a press statement made about that. I think there were two other players, Riddhiman Saha being the other keeper and Bharat Arun, I think, being a close contact um, that had to go into isolation. Now, firstly, Ashwin, it, it worries you, right? Like players getting COVID and like the there's no bubble at the moment because they're all outside the bubble at, uh, at this stage. But um, with things opening up, more and more, this is going to happen more and more, isn't it? Like around the world. Yeah, and this is the thing that's really tough about the Rishabh Pant situation, right? A lot of people are criticizing Pant now about, hey, he was being reckless. or But the truth is he was completely within team guidelines, within guidelines for the local local rules, you know, national rules in the UK, etc. And so I think 
and I, if I'm not mistaken, Pantes received both doses of the vaccine. So the issue, the concern is less long-term health, et cetera, for Pant based on uh, everything we know. The concern is more spreading it within uh, within close quarters of the other team. So, I, I mean, I don't hold anything against him or any of the players. They were all spending time in the parks with their families, going to Euro 2020 matches, doing all of the above. And... That, you know, that inherently comes with risk. And so without trying to take a political point of view, it, obviously that's the choice the UK has made, right? Is to say, hey, there's some, and the US is similar, but there's some inherent risk, but we're not going to go back into full lockdown for that. And so, hey, let's start with the good news. As of a few minutes before recording this, you sent over that he's been cleared now, he's recovered, and he's going to join the team in Durham and later this week, right? So, re- so exciting. Glad to see him back. But just, I think just a strange acceptance of the new reality of the world we live in that, like you said, it's almost a given that somebody in the squad will get it, it'll make the news for a little bit, they'll recover and they join back. It's crazy. And and a COVID negative test being the most positive thing for the Indian cricket team in, in England, right? And in, I mean, it's, um, yeah, he got, he got a lot of like flack for not wearing a mask. But as you said, he followed whatever uh, the restrictions were over here. He, he's a young player, he's out and about and um, actually, there was a lot of chat about who's going to keep wicket with Saha isolating and, and Pant isolating. DK, I think, put up a picture of his KKR kit back, which was pretty funny. Oh, I missed honest. that. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Because he, he's there, right? He's covered. He's doing his Yeah, and, and his his hashtag, I think, was just saying or something like that. And he put up a picture of his, his KKR kit back because obviously he's here to do commentary and uh, basically show off his great shirt collection, which is just amazing. Um, speaking of commentary, actually, it's Harsha Bogle's birthday. Too. Happy birthday to him. Oh, happy birthday to Harsha. I was going to say, I can see DK being a long-lasting figure. Like, I can see 20 years from now him being one of the, the big names in the commentary box. He's just, he's, a, he's gotten all the praise already. We've talked about it too. But he's, he's, been, he's been a solid addition to the commentary team for me. Yeah, absolutely. And he had a great appearance on GK's podcast where I think he said that the Indian team lacks a lower order finisher. So he hasn't retired from cricket. He's made, he's it made it very a point clear. to call that out. Anytime anybody says former wicket keeper, he like stops them and says, hold on, I'm not retired yet. So it's good. He's making a point to make sure he knows, we all know that, remember that he's not retired. Yeah, it's great. I've, I've really enjoyed his commentary this summer. So we'll we'll see more of that. But yeah, I think that was pretty much what's been going on in with the test squad. Uh, they've now... Rishabh Pant is going to join them in Durham. They're going to play some inter-squad and some sort of practice games against the um, the local teams. I think they've got a couple of games lined up, which is nice. Um, Kohli put up a weird picture as well of him saying how he loves team buses, which I thought was a bit odd. Um, Shikhar Dhawan and, and Shaw have been doing some social media work. Uh, I think Shaw, Shaw was singing and Dhawan was playing the flute. So clearly being in the bubble has allowed these guys to bond greatly. But we're going to talk more about India-Sri Lanka when we come back from this year's strategic timeout. It's it's going to be great fun because um, they've just had the first ODI and that was an absolutely cracking game of cricket. So don't go anywhere. We will be back after this year's strategic timeout. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders and change makers from across business, media, marketing and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Wow. 
welcome back from that CS strategic timeout and you're still listening to the Edges and Sledges cricket podcast. We've just been discussing the Indian women's tour concluding the test, the build up to the test series against England uh, by the Indian test squad. And Ashwin, we talked a little bit about this uh, second or third string Indian side going to Sri Lanka, right? But, and I think I'm the one who said that um, India is going to win 2-1 because we'll have a surprise thrown at us at some stage. Clearly, that did not happen yesterday. Talk us through that that first ODI. How incredible was that performance by India? Yeah, and let me just state for the record, the, the, the B team, C team jokes are a little bit tongue-in-cheek. This is an outstanding side, right? All of these, every this could be India's first 11, right? So just imagine seeing this side on paper, and I'll walk through, walk through it a little. Fairly consistent, by the way, with what we predicted on last week's episode. I think, right? Like I had Manish in there. You guys didn't or Varun didn't. No, I, I had Manish. Uh, yeah, Varun we didn't. We, I had Samson actually who was injured apparently. So he's being assessed for a niggle. That's why he sat out. Which Got it. obviously slotted Ishan in, right? Yeah. So uh, the side was pretty consistent. It's an outstanding side on paper. Honestly, I could see us taking this side to a multinational tournament. Then you think about, oh yeah, I forgot about Virat. Oh yeah, I forgot about Rohit. Oh yeah, I forgot about uh, Bumrah, right? So as you start to go through and Jadeja and like th- there's plenty of depth clearly, and we, there's enough people talking about that. But yeah, I, look, I, let me also say I wouldn't put past Sri Lanka to, to surprise us in one of the next two ODIs, right? It, it's limited overs cricket. Anything can happen. But not a great start to the series for the Sri Lankan side. So really quickly to run it down, they were playing at the Pramadasa in Colombo, which is typically kind of a wind-toss bat first, which is exactly what Sri Lanka did. Ended up with 262 for 9 and 50 overs. So a couple of interesting performances. They started pretty strong, right? There were almost 50 runs in 9 overs before the first wicket fell. Uh, you know, then you had a couple of lower order 30s, 40s. Nobody crossed 50, right? So you had the captain made 39, Shanaka. You had Karunaratna made 43 at the end with the flourish in the last two overs that got them over the line. But obviously you always felt like against a an explosive Indian batting team, just over five runs and over wouldn't have been enough, 262. It was exciting for me to see Kuldeep and Chahel pick up to a pop, you know, just some shades of the old Kulcha coming back, which was pretty good. Probably the only disappointment for me in that first innings was was Bhuvneshwar Kumar. Just couldn't find his line, couldn't find his length early on. But he's got a couple more matches. It's been a while since he's played at this level. So 262. And then chased it down with 13 and a half overs to spare. I mean, Prithvi Shah came out almost forgetting maybe that IPL season is done and that this is a 50-over match. I think that's what we were texting back and forth. That is, does he think it's a T20? Because came out made 43 of 24. Hit an absurd number of boundaries back-to-back, ending with nine boundaries in 43 runs. Uh, Shikhar was Shikhar. Anchored the innings, ended up at 86 not out. Kishan came out, smacked the ball pretty hard. We can discuss a little. Varun was very bored and dis- dissatisfied with Manish Pandey coming in and hitting at 60, a striker to 65. And then Sky uh, took us over the line with a couple of nice uh, boundaries as well. So chased down the 263, didn't need to use either of the Pandya brothers to bat or any of the depth that comes with Chahir or Bhuvi, but pretty clinical win, I have to say, from the Indian team. I'd say more than a clinical win. I, I think we talked about it being a T20 audition for some of these batsmen and it felt a little bit like they were trying to chase 216, 20 overs. But I want to take you back to the first innings, Ashwin. Bhuvi and Chahar opened the bowling. Did they look rusty to you? Because I saw a stat on there, which, I mean, admittedly, since the start of 2020, we haven't played that much ODI cricket, right? It's not a, uh, it's not a World Cup year. There hasn't been that much cricket generally for the first half, more than the first half of 2020. But India has only taken six wickets in the first 10 overs. 
averaging at, at that stage when that stat came up on the screen 123 runs per wicket contrast that with new zealand which i think was in um, in the teens somewhere with with more wickets um, and a lower economy and we've gone at a lot of runs up front and we've give we've not taken those many wickets so and that's included games where bumrah and the others have played so uh, is there a little bit of a worry with the with the seam bowling in odi cricket obviously it's not an issue in test cricket at this stage but are we missing a trick somewhere yeah that's a pretty great stat to be honest i don't think i had internalized how how noticeable that stat would be so very interesting i i i don't know if i'm fully concerned i mean you can look at how the sri lankan bowlers bowled and it was similar right the new ball wasn't doing a lot on this pitch it hasn't historically been helpful so when you look at it in in kind of aggregate with the length of stats you shared probably a little bit of a concern when we have our you know first choice if you will seam bowlers back with shami and bumra i'm a little bit less concerned but yeah definitely something to be watching out for right we can't be rel- relying on a, a team that's slightly better or in better form than sri lanka will get to 50 off 9 overs and then explode from there right our spinners including kronal were able to pick up handy wickets on this pitch so it got it was okay and the spinners bailed us out but that's a really interesting soundbite i mean i wasn't concerned about our pace bowling until about 30 seconds ago but, <laughs> but now i am Yeah and the other issue that comes with that is like there's there's some chat about Chahal not being effective and Kuldeep has obviously had a, a few off years but when your fast bowlers aren't picking up those wickets up front there's obviously more pressure on the spinners to pick up those wickets so um, it was good as you say to watch Kulcha uh, back together Rahul Chahar obviously was unlucky to miss out we talked about the old firm of Kulcha getting back together and it was kind of nostalgic and nice to see and kuldeep i mean a little bit lucky with that first wicket but the second wicket he picked up was an absolutely beautiful delivery dipping away spinning away and taking the edge and being caught by prithvi shaw at slip and shikhar taking a great catch for the first wicket as well so it, it was nice to see that in some way um krunal pandya doing bowling quite economically as well and uh, giving a, someone a hug as well which was uh, uh, quite contrary to his yeah, usual a lot of, demeanor a lot of uh... the memes and the social media chatter has been like oh look at what rahul dravid did to kunal there's no way this cha- like what Dra- that's not what dravid's influencing in the squad is it is he yeah and the other thing they've said is like uh, rahul dravid basically told the batsman not to bat like him in in, the, in which is a bit harsh cuz dravid does have a 22 ball 50 i think he's got the second fastest 50 for an indian in odis which is a does, bit harsh man. that's true yeah Yeah. Anyway, let's let's talk about that batting. We talked about Prithvi Shaw and I think I picked him as the CAT player to watch Ashwin last week. He picked up the man of the match which is interesting for uh 43 of 24 balls. It's only 6 over uh four overs that is batted, right? And uh, it's it's kind of like the Anthony Hopkins performance in Silence of the Lambs, the is it the shortest uh innings by a batsman to win a man of the match award? That's a great question and somebody better at stats than than you and me should should answer that question right as a percentage of runs made percentage well, of an opening made. batsman as well not like a finisher yeah. coming in 43 of 24 at the end I can see but an yeah, opening I, batsman I think the point they're saying is he when he was out at the in the 6th over you really felt like he had already given in the other momentum right yeah. he made 43 of the first 58 runs before he got out by that point many people would have stopped paying attention saying this match is done right like if you've got the depth of batting you have to come obviously anything can happen it's odi cricket there's still 200 plus runs to make so in that in that sense it was a little bit of an odd choice but i think just a he looked so good b the he took the game away from the lankans really early on 
And see, let's be honest, nobody these days likes to reward 86 of 95, which is what Shikhar made, which I tremendously value. Uh, yeah, I value it harsh. so tremendously. I've said so many times how important that role is because Shah couldn't do what he did if Dhawan wasn't on the other side, reliably making 50, 70, 100 runs consistently. He did that for Delhi. He could bat faster in T20s. But like Dhawan played the quintessential ODI innings in a chase of 260. And yeah. yet we reward the guy who batted at almost 200. So... Yeah, that, that's just the way the world works right now. I mean, like this side has come out and decided to play the England brand of cricket. And it's really interesting to see if that's, you know, just because Shaw and Kishan are young and this is how they play, or that's the coaching and guidance they've got saying, go for it. Yeah, and you brought up such an interesting point, right? Like a lot of our, our frustration with that ODI side has been, well, a lot of our frustration with the T20 side is we play T20s like we play ODIs. But this was an inversion of the system, right? Like these guys played T20s, uh, an ODI, like they play the IPL T20, not even in T20 internationals. And that approach is sort of what England have done. Just keep going after the ball uh, from ball one. We saw James Vince score 100 in that third T20. We saw Liam Livingston, who doesn't get a game for the Rajasthan Royals, really, score an incredible 100 against Pakistan in that first T20. And just they just keep going constantly. There's, there's no let up. Shaw got out, Ishan Kishan, who may or may not have made the 11 if Samson was fit, comes out on his birthday and it's almost like he's saying, you know what, Rishabh Pant, you hit your second ball in international cricket for six. I'm going to do a little bit better than that. I'm going to hit my first ball in ODI cricket for six on my birthday as well. What, I mean, what does it take for these young men to do that, dude? Yeah, that, and that specific six, I'll tell you, this is going to be a really dumb thought, but I'll air it because why not when everybody's listening? But I sort of wasn't paying attention after the wicket fell. And then I looked over and I saw this lefty kind of lean forward to the front foot and hit this awkward off-balance six while almost falling over. And for for my brain for a second was like, is Pant in this team? Like what happened? And I knew he wasn't. Right? I knew we had just got through the COVID news. I know he's in England, etc. But for that split second, that first ball six by Kishan looked exactly like Rishabh Pant. And that's not necessarily a compliment, as much as I love Pud. Like, not necessarily a compliment, because it looked so off balance. And yeah, you look at the scorecard and say Kishan made 15 out of 42, but it was, it was not a great innings. It was scratch. It, it did not start as a great innings, let me put that out there, right? He got better over time, but it looked scratchy. It looked like he was hoiking at the ball sometimes. But that's, again, that's the license he's been given, and that's the brand of cricket these guys want to play. So the immense amount of confidence comes from the IPL, from all the experience they have playing top-quality bowlers, and they have no fear. It was amazing. Yeah, and he became, I think, the second Indian cricketer to score uh, a 50 on ODI and T20 debut, because he scored a, um, a T20 50 against England, batting at three, I think. And he scored a 50 on debut here as well. The other person to do that is Robin Uttapa. So, oh, um, great stat. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, there's been some golden stats coming out of that. But Ashwin, I mean, this guy, he's obviously been given the license. And he looked like he was just trying to muscle everything. He used his feet beautifully. We've seen what he can do in the in the IPL. Um, I don't want to be controversial. Of course, then Sky came in. There was a Manish Pandey interlude with Manish and Shikhar batting together, which, I mean, frankly, it was a bit of a, a trip down uh, memory lane where uh, ODI cricket was played at a most sedate pace. So it, it gave us a chance to calm down. But then Sky came in and 
he sort of carried on from where Ishan, uh, Ishan Kishan and um, Prithvi Shaw had left off and got a nice 30 odd on his ODI debut as well. Interestingly, batting at uh, number five, Ashwin. So, are we again? This is all an audition. I keep thinking of this as an audition for the T20 World Cup. Are we looking at Sky further down the order, maybe as a late order finisher? Because he bats three for um, his IPL franchise, but uh, so does everyone else in that uh, international T20 team for India. Yeah, it is a very difficult question that I knew you were going to ask that I don't have an answer to, right? I think he's clearly versatile enough that he could bat lower down the order. The, the gap that we talked about in this side very clearly is that number five slot, which Manish has played in before. But... Yeah, honestly, if as much as I don't want to admit it, the truth is they're not seriously looking at Pandey for the long-term slot, right? Unless he changes something drastic. This is not the brand of cricket they want to play. You already have a Kohli. You already have a Dhawan. You don't need a Pandey to, to run at that lineup. So for me, they brought in Pandey at two down. He did exactly what they wanted. By the way, their partnership was 72 off 77. So for all the people saying it's the worst, it's not, this is what you needed at that stage, right? You had lost your second wicket for 140. The team needs 120 more. That's exactly what they needed. Yes, it's boring, etc. But it was important and exactly what they needed. So all said and done, I think Sky is probably more seriously being looked at for three or four. But at this point, it makes sense to flex where they needed to because you know Hardik and Cronulla are six and seven. I wouldn't be surprised if that third wicket falls later if Hardik walks in at a couple points, right? They want, they want to give as much time in the middle and batting practice to the serious contenders. And I'm going to ask you another tough question. Um, where do Rohit and Kohli fit into this, this side? I mean, there's zero question that they do fit in. Let's start there. But whose spot are they taking? And remember, you've got Rishabh Pant. He's the other one who's not there. <laughs> Samson isn't playing. What's your I, so, what's your ideal top five? Let's say top six. Yeah, I don't think Pant has yet slotted in, become an, an automatic selection into the ODI setup. He hundred percent has for tests, right? And I think he'll get there for ODIs, but he hasn't. He hasn't yet gotten there, I guess, for as a default. So short answer is, dude, I actually don't know, right? They're really, truly, I'm not past for. For ODIs right now, if we're talking ODIs, I'm not past Rohit and Dhawan yet. So I think Shaw is... Okay, so you're replacing the, Shaw as the backup. Yeah, yeah Shaw is which is... Remember that scale, Rahul also hanging around in the background. My God, look at this. Yeah, what, what a problem of plenty to have, right? I'm not changing <laughs> Dhawan, Shaw, Dhawan, Rohit and Kohli. I'm not touching that. Okay, so Ishan Kishan sits out at the moment then? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I guess so, right? That's, who's, that's part of the challenge. Oh, well, Pandey sits out. Let, let's Pandey definitely sits out. yeah. I might slot Sky Four in. Sky? Yeah. yeah, probably. But it's just a hard choice. There's just... I, I, so I'm going through the list. Who so five, five is either Pant, Samson or Ishan. Yeah. So... Or maybe maybe or Sky Rahul. goes down to five. Maybe or Sky you play goes Rahul, right? So just wicketkeeper batsman. Generic. <laughs> yeah, generic insert wicketkeeper here. And yeah. then you have Hardik at six and beyond, right? So, and yeah, so I think there's really one Krono. slot for which you've got four... Contenders, yeah. right? You've yeah. got Pant. So I, I think it's three Scoli. I think it's the number four slot, which has been our issue since 2019. And uh, five, I think, is probably looking like Sky at the moment. Can you, if I'm can totally you process honest. right now that the options we were looking at in 2019 were Vijay Shankar? Like, look at this batting side we're talking about and the fact that for the World Cup, we played Vijay Shankar. Yeah. I'm just yeah, incredible. But, but we're looking at Pant, Samson, Ishan Kishan, and KL Rahul for that number four slot. Which is just an insane... And uh, you've got the amount of backup India has is just absolutely brilliant. But Ashwin, 
So, um, more of the same for the next two T20s, you think? Is India going to try and bat first? Uh, they, If they win the toss, they probably will at least once just to shake things up. It's very clear they're trying to learn, they're trying to evolve, they're trying to figure that, figure out the dynamic of the side, etc. So I think they'll try to bat for it, but I don't think they'll change the the tempo of batting. I, don't, I think Shaw's going to come out and have license again. He's going to do probably well in one match. He's going to fail in one. He might make a duck and we'll all be up in arms and upset that how can this guy be so unreliable. But this is the brand of cricket he plays and it's the license he's been given. So we have to we have to take it with take the good with the bad. Very good. Now I'm going to give you the the honour and the pleasure of picking our Seattle Secure Drive Player of the Week. The one that gave us a thrill of speed with complete control, Ashwin. From that that performance by the Indian cricket team, it could be a bowler, it could be a batsman. Go for it, you're on the spot. Yeah, uh, as I look, th- the thrill of speed with complete, complete control. I'm actually going to go with Surya Kumar Yadav. Because he finished it off, right? Dhawan was a little bit slower. To me, Kishan's knock was solid and very important. But he looked too scratchy for me. So if I had to pick a guy who looked pretty pure out there, he started pretty slowly and then picked up and finished with a flourish because he suddenly at some point in the middle, he remembered, oh man, I need to remember this is a T20 audition, like you said, and started hitting the ball great. So to walk in at five, which is not a spot he often plays, uh, great to see. And I think he's gonna, we have big things ahead of him. So I'm clearly biased. I love the guy. I think many of us do. But this week's Seattle. Secure Drive Player of the Week, giving us the thrill of speed with complete control was Surya Kumar Yadav. Absolutely brilliant. Now, the other thing I just wanted to mention quickly was uh, Ravi Chandran Ashwin's six for playing for Surrey against Somerset. It was it was a really, really good performance. I think his first um, five uh, in test, uh, sorry, in first class cricket away from home. Uh, obviously, he hasn't got one um, abroad. Well, in uh, Sena country, he's got in, in the West Indies and Sri Lanka and stuff. But uh, that was a great performance. Interestingly, Jack Leach took seven in the first innings of, of Surrey. So it was a track that was taking some turn, but it was a lovely spell by Ashwin. Really nice, uh, really nice stuff. And we've been talking about the World T20 so much and the draw was just announced recently. Now, Ashwin, talk to me about the... Um, what is it, the Super 12? And India's group, uh, there's a group of death apparently, which is not India's group. But then India was really happy we were in Pakistan's group. The next day they scored 230. So um, let's talk a little bit about the World T20 that's coming up. Yeah, so really quickly, there's two groups in the first round that will that have four players each. So eight teams, four teams each, excuse me, eight teams competing for four slots, right? So Group A and that is Sri Lanka, Ireland, Netherlands, Namibia, you have to hope Sri Lanka makes it through. I think they could be a toss-up for the others. Ireland looking pretty good right now. And then Bangladesh, Scotland, Papua New Guinea, and Oman. So two of those teams in each group will make it to the uh, the Super 12. The Super 12 is two groups of six teams each, which is pretty fascinating. So let me start with Group 2, which is India's group. India, Pakistan, New Zealand, Afghanistan, and then there'll be two teams from the qualifiers I mentioned. I mean, great to see India-Pakistan together. We know we're guaranteed at least one India-Pakistan game, which these World Cups love. Not not a bad group, honestly, I'd say. Like, Pakistan's a great side. New Zealand looks in great form. But with Afghanistan, actually also a pretty solid T20 team. Could do anything on their day. Let's compare it to the second group, which is England, Australia, South Africa, West Indies. Right? I mean, West Indies are reigning champions. England, we've just talked about the brand of cricket they play. Australia, an outstanding nation that can show up on any day. 
maybe Aust- Australia and South Africa are the weaker, uh, number three and four in that list, which is just crazy to say out loud, right? So great, great groups. Suddenly, like as soon as that image circulated and you or Varun or somebody sent the image of the groups, immediately, like the hairs on the back of my neck went up saying the World Cup is going to come. It's actually happening. So it's an exciting, uh, you know, autumn of cricket, if you will, with uh, the IPL resumption, the World Cup, it's just going to be great. Yeah, and uh, if Sri Lanka and Bangladesh have to qualify to make it in, I mean, it's it's going to be, those when those nations get added to that group as well, it's going to be a really tough tournament. It can go any way, right? It's a really short, compressed game with one brilliant performance. We all remember the India-Bangladesh game last time around, right? Yeah, and here's the interesting thing, right? The runner-up of one group and the winner of the other group will make the same group. So, in theory, it's possible, say, like Bangladesh could top their group, Ireland could top the other group, which means Sri Lanka comes second. So you could have Sri Lanka and Bangladesh both in group two, I guess, right? If that scenario I mentioned happened, you would, which then you would have India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh all in the same group, which would just be crazy, right? So obviously we could scenario plan this many different ways, but it would just be, it, it's going to be a great tournament. Yeah, and Ireland have literally just beaten South Africa, which was a great result for those guys. And um, I mean, I've, I've always... Wonder, I, I wish actually, because Pakistan is here. I, I put this out on Twitter. I said, Pakistan is here. India is here. How great would it have been to have a, a tri-series, right? Between India, Pakistan and England in this English summer, where it's actually quite sunny for a change. It's 32 degrees outside. It's pretty warm. It would have been Which just means a, it's going to be raining in like 20 minutes, right? It's going to be raining for the rest of the summer. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah so something, man. It, would, it really would have, but it's not sort of crossed anyone's mind that the teams are here. The Well, both A teams are here almost. Um, and Pakistan have been playing. India are going to play later. But no one's sort of put the pieces together. Maybe it's a bubble thing. Maybe it's politics. Who knows? But I would have loved to see a, a tri-series this summer. What a treat that would have been for the fans that are starved of life cricket, like you say. No cricket for more than 100 days last year. <laughs> But yeah, um, that is the show for this week, guys. Um, more India-Sri Lanka cricket coming up. Um, I found out it was on the Sony Live app or Sony Live app. I don't know what it's called. Um, and I've had to subscribe to yet another streaming service. So that's been that's been fun. Um, as always, we are running a hashtag bat with Seat contest, guys. And we've got a few more entries this week. So it's, there's still quite a good chance of winning the bat, hopefully. The question for the month of July was um, there was a cricketer that was asked to undergo a dope test and had their bat checked after they hit such a big six at the Sydney cricket ground that the Australian officials did not believe that this was completely above board. Of course, they passed the test. They came through it with flying colours. There was nothing in their bat. So tell us the name of that Indian cricketer to which this happened back in 2009 at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And you will be entered into a draw to win an autographed Seat cricket bat. Ashwin, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for getting up early and doing this again. And um, yeah, we will be back next week with more fun. We're on One Tip One Hand on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So right in there. Yeah, we had some feedback last week where uh, people weren't happy that I hadn't mentioned Shaw's 821 runs in the... Vijay Hazare trophy recently. So, yeah, I've mentioned it now. So, uh, there we go. He's, he came back from his Australia tour. So, yeah, keep writing in with little tidbits like that. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, keep enjoying the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. See you next week. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. 
on What the Hell Navya Jaya Bachchan Chwetananda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Paisa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bhaman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shahid Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padhyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.